Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Welcome back to another edition of Football 24-7. I'm your guy, Tony Shows the Second. I'm joined by our Eagles insider, the one and only John McMullen. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys are also locked in on the content. We appreciate all the love and support that you guys always provide. We appreciate the hate as well. So make sure you guys always like and always make sure you guys continue to troll because it makes sure it keeps the traffic, keeps the traffic on the channel very, very high. So uh, we appreciate you guys so much for locking in on the content, as always, man. The Philadelphia Eagles, they are 6-1 and one entering week eight of the NFL season. Man, John, you know, it seems like we just got here. Yeah, it moves fast. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's the thing about 
the NFL versus the other major sports. You only got 17 of those, these things. So, um, you know, makes everything a little bit more important. And yeah, once you get into it, it kind of flies by. Um, and, you know, the Eagles are kind of humming along, maybe not up to their standard, but bottom line, you know, Two best teams in the NFL. It's very familiar. Six and one, Kansas City. Six and one, Philadelphia. Has that ever happened before? Two of the same teams who met in the previous Super Bowl, have they ever, at any point, both had the same or the best record in their respective conferences? Has that ever happened before? I'm sure it has. You know, back back in the 70s when he had a group of teams that were good every, every single year. But I, I don't know off the top of my head. But it, it's rare that, you know, in a parody-driven league. And to be honest, if you, if you talk to people in Kansas City, they'll say the same thing. They think the Chiefs haven't been all that um, – all that good compared to their standard. Same thing here in Philadelphia. A lot of people think the Eagles haven't played to their standard, but bottom line is they both find ways to win far more more often than not. And, you know, other teams have more hiccups, at least to date. Long way to go. I mean, Eagles' top part of their schedule is still coming up uh, right yeah. after this. It starts really after this commander's game. And Dallas comes into Lincoln Financial Field. We know how big of a game that's going to be. Then you have the bye. Then you're at Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas, again, Seattle. So that's the uh, sort of the the juggernaut part of the schedule. And then you finish up with the Giants, uh, Cardinals, and Giants again. So you get a little respite at the end. But still, you know, the the tough part is coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, you know, they had the commanders this week, like you said, Cowboys coming up. But uh, after that commanders game, uh, the trade deadline uh, is right there on the doorstep. And Harry Roseman has already already made his first move. He's already pulled the trigger once, bringing in uh, all pro and pro bowl safety and Kevin Byard. Now, John, it's just you and I. No one else is listening. Okay. Is there anything that you may know that you would like to share with the class of just you and I? Any Anything that maybe, I don't know, that you heard through the grapevine in the Novacare Complex? And again, it's only me and you here talking, so don't worry about everybody else. <laughs> um, you know, Howie's, everybody, it, 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 Howie's always calling, and and he's always trying to uh, improve this team. As, as you know, you kind of saw it after the Miami game. They give up. Uh, That's the number one ranked offense in the NFL. They completely shut them down. They give up 10 points, however many yards, 244 yards or whatever it was. Um, You know, in most, as I point out all the time, most teams in this league, most general managers in this league would, you know, pat themselves on the back and say, huh, that's pretty good. Um, And he's out there the next day getting Kevin Byard because he knows he needs help on the back end of the defense. So that's how, how his mentality is always going to look, but, you know, understand he's kind of out of, 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 um, out of ammunition. When, when you talk about draft picks for next year, now he's got plenty of them, but you can't, you can't trade compensatory picks until they become real Mm. and they're not real yet. The Eagles know they're coming, 
Uh, but they don't have a lot of day three uh, stuff available to make trades. And obviously they don't want to give up their premium picks. So it's going to be a little bit more difficult. If I were a betting man, I, I would lean more towards uh, that's it, Kevin Byard. But if, if, if he can get a slot corner that he thinks is an upgrade, he'll certainly look that down that route. Um, they already brought in Julio Jones, so I think they're they're done at receiver. You know, people say backup running back. I, you you know what how he the value he places on running backs. He's not going to trade for running backs. So, um, backup offensive lineman maybe, but splashy stuff. And then you have guys going out the door. That's a possibility. Um, Derek Barnett's of the world. Can he get something for Derek Barnett? Um, doesn't mm. trade Derek Barnett. I know everybody else wants to trade Derek Barnett, but he may not. Uh, uh, but he could lean on. Remember, this this team is all. It's pretty evident that they're all in on the Super Bowl. Right. So you know, for people saying, "Well, Derek Barnett's not going to." Not going to be here next year. That's correct, but he doesn't really care. He's trying to he's trying to win a Super Bowl right now, and this this whole defense is built on that defensive front and um how they can come at you in waves. So he doesn't necessarily want to give up depth. Uh, so I would lean towards more. He's done, but as you've heard from. Diana Rossini and Thomas Dimitrov has been doing the rounds and everybody's saying how he's, how he's picking up the phone. Well, he's up, he's up to something. Yeah. He's got, he's got one of these. He calls everybody about everything (laughs) because he wants to keep, he wants to keep his pulse on what other people are doing as well. So I think maybe some people don't understand that at times as, as well. I mean, those are the signs of, you know, a great GM, right? A, a guy who just who, who keeps his finger on the pulse of the market, whether if he's able to take advantage of it or not. I mean, that's you know, that's how you know certain moves are made, man. I mean, if, I mean, if you don't know what's going out there in those streets, you know, how can you bust moves, right? So, you know, it's really important, you know, for again, a, a guy of his caliber, a guy of his experience level, you know, it's only natural for him to always keep his finger on the pulse of what's going on out there. Yeah, and that's why you constantly hear his name. So, anytime anybody writes, you know. The aggregators, I like to call them, right about, you know, five most people likely to be trade and everything mm-hmm. is dot, 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 and the Eagles because everybody knows how he checks in on, on everything. So let's get into this injury report. Um, one name that stood out to me on there was Jordan Davis uh, and uh, James Bradbury. But um, walk, uh, walk us through um, the injury report. Were there any surprise names on there for you? Um, you know, what are you hearing in terms of Jordan Davis? Is he a game time decision? You know, try to give us the 411 on that, John. Yeah, I mean, Jordan is obviously the most interesting one. He hurt his hamstring at practice on Thursday. Um, and it was pretty evident. We saw him in the locker room. Now, there's some good and bad in this. So I tried, I wrote about it and I tried to parse it through. You know, he wasn't moving well, I would say. Um, and he was having a long conversation with with Patrick McDowell, who was a a player development guy and a scout. 
and you say, well, that's not that big of a deal. But Patrick's history before he moved to football ops is he was the assistant strength and conditioning coach. So um, he was uh, having a long discussion. I can only imagine it was about the hamstring, about how to deal with it, what what you need to do over the next couple of days. Um, so that's not a good sign. However, if we were serious, he'd be in with the training staff right away. They wouldn't have let him go in the locker room. So that part of it's good. Uh, he did not practice today. That part of it's not good. As you go through the week, he was a bull practice on Wednesday, which was an estimation. Uh, hurt his hamstring on Thursday. He was limited. Mm. Friday, he did not practice. So he's going in a negative direction. Um, I asked Nick Sirianni about it and, um, he said, we still got time and true to his word, he was listed as questionable. Now, Nick believes when it comes to injuries, uh, he believes in competitive advantage. He believes it is an advantage. He believes other teams don't take advantage of, of, of things like that. So he's going to push it as far as he can, um, uh, and then you have what I just talked about after this week is Dallas. So do they play that game? Did I want to make sure he's completely healthy for Dallas? Mm-hmm. Um, do they think they can get through this Washington game? You got to be careful with that though, because the last time I thought they took that path with the jets. I, I was just thinking about that. I was just thinking came, about that. Take, take and, and, and bite him a little bit. So again similar to trade deadline if you're asking me my feel my feel today is he's probably not going to play um but uh that'll they'll probably kick it to to game time um yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so. yeah that's what it seems like you know especially when we think about a guy like you know him you know with that size and you know will you be doing more damage to him throwing him out there if he's not fully ready uh, by you not playing him, could you potentially be setting the stage for you to lose this game to the Washington commanders? They did play the Philadelphia Eagles tough last time. Um, That's something that shouldn't be overlooked. You know, granted they are adding a pretty, pretty good player in Kevin Byer to the mix. And on top of that, this, this defense has been trending in the right direction, especially in terms of defending the pass. Um, earlier in the season, they were one of the worst teams in terms of defending the pass. I think at one point they were ranked like 27th or 26th. Um, we have about a seven game. We have a seven game sample size now. They've improved to be the 18th ranked pass defense. So they're trending in the right direction with that. Um, the past three games, they've given up about 180, 183 uh, passing yards uh, you know, to quarterbacks. Uh, two of those quarterbacks, some considered to be top 10 guys and Matthew Stafford and Tua Tagovailoa. So this pass defense is trending in the right direction. You add Kevin Byer to the mix, you can only imagine that it will be better and they should have a better chance of uh, actually closing out the commanders this time rather than allowing um, them to hang around. Yeah, I think the biggest problem in, in, the, in the first game was, um, you know, not finishing some stuff. Um, uh, and obviously, you know, you look at it from a Washington perspective, Ron Rivera uh, probably should have tried to steal the win, went for it, and then we'd be having a difficult uh, conversation if they lost the game. Um, 
Yeah, they didn't play well, but uh, they persevered, and that's been the story when they haven't uh, played well for the most part, with the lone exception of the Jets. Um, the Commanders, for whatever reason, at least over recent seasons, seem to play better in Philadelphia than they do in Washington. Mm. Um, last year it was the uh, Carson Wentz game when he got sacked nine times. Uh, Eagles pretty much handled that. Uh, easily um and they're on the precipice of sort of you know some issues i think everybody understands that this is probably a lame duck coach with a new owner um new owners tend to want their own people so unless ron rivera gets this thing turned around maybe makes the playoffs maybe even has to win a game in the playoffs, which is going to be very difficult. Um, uh, otherwise, he's going to be gone. So two things can happen in that kind of scenario, and people can give up easily or they can fight and claw, and we'll see where they are this weekend. But I will say the seventh seed in, in the NFCs right now is three and four. So they're they're not out of anything. So people saying, "Oh, they're going to give up because they're, they're nobody's out of anything." Uh, right at this point in know, the season, yeah, um, you know, two and four teams aren't out of anything. So um, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Um, but they're having some issues when it comes to to pass protection. Obviously, uh, Sam Howell's on pace to to break the all-time record for for being sacked in a season if he makes it healthy enough um and obviously the eagles you know you talked about their past defense and it has gotten better but i don't think it has anything to do with the secondary <laughs> i really don't <laughs> come on I john think, i think I those guys are improving in some way right maybe i don't maybe. think it has anything to do with the secondary i, I wrote oh, about that i said you know, the Eagles, and I asked James Bradbury this this week, and he said he didn't even think about it. Um, he had not thought about it until I brought it up to him. And I was actually wrong that the Eagles to this point have used seven different slot cornerbacks. And it's actually eight because I forgot Slay played a wow. few snaps in Los Angeles. So it's actually eight um, to get through these games. Um, and I asked James if he's ever been a part of anything like that. And right away, he said, he, his eyes bugged out. He said, no. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> um, it, yeah, it ain't good. Um, and, and this week, I think it's going to be Sidney Brown moving parts again. I think they're going to put Sidney back in the slot. So that's some news. I think Kevin Byard's playing the whole game. Um, and... Yeah, I think Byard's going to be – and Reed's black. Reed Blankenship's back as well. So I think, you know, Kevin's going to help a lot. That's a really good player. They still got to figure out the slot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Roby's going to be out again. He's already been ruled out. So, yeah. I mean, Doug Peterson said uh, years ago when he was here, you know, I, I think – I asked him what's the quickest way for a season to go south. And he, he said multiple injuries at the same position, multiple injuries at the same position. And that's how good the Eagles defensive line is because 
the Eagles have used eight slot cornerbacks in seven games, and somehow they're six and one. I mean, you bring up a good point, though. I mean, the Darius, I'm pretty sure Darius Slay is on the same side as you because uh, I think in his uh, one of his interviews today, um, he mentioned how, you know, we're led by that defensive line. You know what I mean? You know, we basically in so many words, you know, we go as they go. So, I mean, you know, you're not totally wrong. I guess I, I guess I like to give the guys a little bit more credit. You know, at the end of the day, the ball has to go in the air. They got to do their jobs. But, I mean, you're not wrong. That, 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 that defensive line has been ferocious. And it's really – it's interesting because I think they're ranked third or fourth in the league in, in sacks right now. And I, and I know you're not a sack guy, but, you know, it's fascinating that this defensive line maybe won't – eclipse that 70 sack mark like they did last year that's pretty unprecedented you know in terms of today's nfl but they've improved so much in run defense yet they're still one of the best pass rushing teams in the nfl it's almost like you know you ask yourself would you rather have a 70 sack season but be terrible at the run or would you rather be pretty damn good at the uh pretty damn good in, ter- in terms of sacks and be also be pretty damn good in terms of stopping a run so i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure a lot of fans would take the latter because again, this team has just been so dominant in terms of stopping the run. Um, they're so far ahead of people in terms of um, uh, limiting rushing yards. Uh, I think they're limiting teams to about 62, 63 rushing yards a game. The next closest team was like 75 or 78. So they have like a 15 yard disparity there. I mean, speak on how dominant this defensive line just has been, at least over the past three games. Uh, it's pretty much the whole season. I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I wanted. You say I'm not a sack guy. I, no, I I think people sacks are never a bad thing. I say, but I think well, sack guy, yeah, yeah, you're not a sack yeah. guy. Uh, people don't realize that it's not the be all end all, and a lot right. because a lot. And I guarantee you, this week, and Jody all all this week has put the over under on seven and a half sacks for Sam Howell, and I get his thought process. His thought process is. Well, everybody else sacks Sam House, and the Eagles have the best defensive line, so they're going to sack him more than everybody else. But it doesn't work that way. It kind of yeah. works the opposite. Everybody speeds up when they're playing the Eagles. In other words, Eric Bieniemy, I guarantee you, said Sam Howell all week and said, ball's got to come out this week. Ball's got to come out, period. And if you look at the time to throw that each quarterback has used, every single one of them is sped up from their normal – um release time so that's kind of what happens you game plan for your specific opponent and everybody's saying um gotta speed it up gotta speed it up but a lot of good things can happen when you speed up the quarterback that don't involve sacks and it could be um as simple as an incompletion um it could be um a strip sack and the Eagles haven't the one part they want to get better at turnovers. Obviously that's the one part where they haven't been nearly as good as last year. Um, and, and that's got to improve, but a lot of good things can happen when you get pressure and the Eagles get constant, constant pressure and, and not to pick on the secondary, but why not? We'll pick on the secondary that first half and, 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 and the Rams, they were getting destroyed. They sure were. They were getting destroyed. And in the second half, the defense, all right, that's done. And all of a sudden, Matthew Stafford's gets sped up. He's not comfortable. Open receivers down the field. He can't get the football to him. Um, but they were open. 
Even if you go back to Tampa Bay, which looks like a dominant performance on paper, um, the first two drives, Baker Mayfield had something with with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and he just lost his mind from that point forward. He just <laughs> he just could not uh, get that pass rush out of his head. Um, and then, of course, when Avante got hurt in week two, the immediacy of, you know, the Eagles were up 20 points in that game. And all of a sudden, here comes Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. So it hasn't been good. You know, I'm not going to. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply paint that rosy picture um the secondary hasn't been good and all the injuries at safety as well justin evans out reed blankenship in and, and out um terrell edmonds having a play sydney brown out three games with a hamstring um they've had a lot of injury issues and um i think it'll start getting better now that byard is here but yeah, I'm not going to pretend it's been good to this point because it hasn't been good. Yeah, I mean, ultimately you are right. You know, the, at the end of the day, you know, you, when you think about the Miami game, right, there were many situations where it looked like Tua had something. And then all of a sudden the pass rush just rattles him. And a guy like Tua, who has the lengthy, the, the lengthy injury history that he's had, you can only imagine how fast that clock sped up in his head knowing he wants to protect himself. So, yeah, man, a, a pass like a pass rush like the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, you definitely want to prepare for. But I guess when I think about the Commanders, right? You know, they're giving up so many sacks, and you know, I know you say, you know, when you have an opponent like the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, your game plan to you know to get that ball out quick. But when your offensive line is as putrid as theirs is, wouldn't that be the game plan for every single game, regardless of who they play? Because they're giving up sacks against everybody, and everyone doesn't have the same uh, talent on the defensive line as the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, but uh, from the perspective, look, yeah, they don't want to get sacked as much as, as Sam how Nobody does. I mean, David Carr's got the you record. You know he's on pace for like yeah. 90 sacks? Yeah, he's going to show. The record, I think, is 76 or 75 or 76. Something David like that, Carr, yeah. um, Derek's brother, um, which kind of ruined his career, by the way. He was so shell-shocked because um, he had a lot of talent. Um yeah, I don't I don't think he's even going to make it, but that's what I'm saying. You know, you go into a normal week and the, and the commanders should be, you know, they should be trying to teach Sam Howell every week that he 
you know, you got to be on time. You got to get the football out of your hand. But I, it, it becomes a greater emphasis against Philadelphia. And again, you've already saw, seen it with quarterbacks speeding up. Kirk Cousins holds on to the football forever because he's one of the guys that wants to get the football down the field, uh, make big plays down the field. You saw the air yards he had on Monday night against the Eagles. He sped up, you know, still slow compared to everybody else, but he sped up from 2-9 or 3-2-6. to two, six. It, it, You look at each individual quarterback, Tua gets rid of the football faster than anybody on a daily on a daily basis, weekly basis, but it's still sped up against the Eagles. It was even quicker. And that's been the case all season. And it'll be the case with Sam Howe was the first time they played him. It was probably his best game getting the football out because he knew he had to get the football out at least better than he typically does. You know, you bring up that that first initial matchup of the season, and it was extremely competitive. The Eagles were down by double digits at one point in the game. They came back, took the lead, and then the commanders punched back, and all of a sudden we find ourselves in overtime, and the Eagles win by a field goal. You know, and then I guess I, I think I guess when I think about that game, Sam Howe had arguably his best game as a pro. And I'm curious to know what do you think the Philadelphia Eagles need to do to make sure that that result or I guess the way it played out doesn't necessarily transpire the way it did back then because I think this Philadelphia Eagles team has improved since that game despite the Jets loss I, I still think they've improved um I guess at least as far as just how things are flowing they seem a little bit more they seem to have a little bit more continuity a little bit more flow to the offense the, the defense is playing better the pass rush has, has become more ferocious um you add Kevin Byard I'm curious to know what can the Philadelphia Eagles do differently uh, in this matchup compared to that last matchup? Because I, I don't know if Sam Howe can replicate what he did in that initial matchup. But still, knowing that the enemy is going to have him as prepared as he possibly can, what do you think the commanders may do differently? What do you think the Philadelphia Eagles may do differently? Well, I don't think they're going to do that much differently. In fact, I was talking to Nick about, you know, a division rival facing them the second time and so close together, it's inside of a month. I, I was interested to see if that's, you know, a good thing from a coaching perspective, a bad thing, indifferent, you know, what kind of advantage, what kind of disadvantage is it? Um, but, you know, he, he the only thing he mentioned is there's no time to change. And he brought up, you know, um, you know, the, in the past, when you have a, a wider disparity, say you play somebody early in the season, then late in the season, oftentimes you have a complete shift. It might be due to injury, player development, what have you. Um, but you might face a completely different team. Um, probably the biggest perspective is, is some personnel. Emmanuel Forbes, that was one of the worst decisions in the history of mankind uh letting him travel with um AJ Brown they did Talk the about same thing by fire yeah i mean the poor kid is the um 16th pick in the draft i think and they could have had Christian Gonzalez but um 
Christian's a lot better, but he also got hurt. But um, they also let him follow DJ Moore, and DJ Moore destroyed him, um, who's, you know, on a bad team, but a very good receiver. Um, and, you know, somebody at the Eagles were joking. <laughs> AJ and DJ destroyed his career in two weeks. Um, so they'll have Benjamin St. Juiced on, on AJ Brown, I would think mainly and 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 Kendall Fuller obviously is a good corner um and he's playing really well this year and and now they have Danny Johnson playing in the slot so maybe the slot come becomes more important they essentially bench Forbes um since that DJ Moore game wow um, and and, bench and the they, first round pick yeah well it's their own fault i mean you don't send rookies uh, on an island against A.J. Brown and D.J. Moore, unless you want them. Um, and certainly not re- – I mean, there's certain guys. Obviously, Sauce Gardner probably would have held up a little bit better. Um, but he was – a lot of people thought they overdrafted him to begin with. And, yeah, it didn't work out well. So you have a little bit of a personnel difference. Uh, Cody Barton's hurt. He's not going to play. Um, you know, it's interesting. The commander's uh, offensive line gets a lot of you-know-what, but they haven't played that badly. It's more the quarterback holding on to the football, not getting the football out on time. But they are going to be without one of their guards. Uh, Sadiq Charles got ruled out today. So, um, But, you know, Sam Cosme's played well. Andrew Wiley's played fine. Charles Leno's played fine. Uh, I think it's more the quarterback and how quickly he uh, he can pick things up and 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 get things on on get rid of the football on time, as I always say. And then the running backs. I mean, Brian Robinson's not had a great year. Antonio Gibson's been really bad, which I'm surprised by. And we had uh, Chris Russell covers the Redskins. Sorry, the there it is. Bang! I got to put a, a dollar in the swear jar. The Commanders um, been covering this league for too long. Um, Chris Rodriguez, who's their six-round pick, they might give him more time because they're so upset at how the running backs are playing. And then Curtis Samuel, who's the guy who would take advantage, and he did a little bit in the first game. He's banged up. I think he's questionable. So there might be some different personnel things, but – yeah, I mean, they played them less than a month ago. Not much is going to change. And the same thing with the Eagles. You know, they're going to be a little bit better. Um, I that was that was a. I'm trying to think. That was the Bradbury because that was week four. Mm-hmm. Trying to look at my schedule, so. In, in Tampa, it was they they piecemealed it with Bradbury and Cindy Brown in the slots, and Cindy hurt his hamstring. So Washington was the one game where it was all Bradbury in the slot, and Josh Joe would rotate in at outside corner. So that's going to be better. Bradbury's going to be back in his uh, normal position. 
as I said, I think Sidney Brown's going to get most of the work in the slot, but if things go wrong, you have uh, Josiah Scott, Eli Ricks, cast of thousands, <laughs> um, and you're going to have Byard back in the, in the secondary next to Reed Blankenship. So that thing should be improved from that perspective for the Eagles. Okay. John, don't worry about that dial in the swear jar. Uh, Trucker Beans has you covered here. He says, uh, where was Kevin ranked? Uh, Kevin Byard ranked amongst safeties this year. Um, I'm, I'm sure you use the PFF rankings, right? Yeah, he's uh, so yeah. Think... So, where, where was Kevin uh ranked? I'm actually curious about that myself. Thanks, Trucker Beans, for the donation. We appreciate uh, the support that you provide to the content. Um, Kevin is 36th, 36, 36th ranked overall, and uh, among safeties, okay, yeah. Uh, so, 36 of 85, which is that's um, still technically. Because you have two safeties on the field, so that's still technically a starting starting caliber safety. Yeah, well, yeah, there'd be, and actually, there's probably more now because a lot of teams use three safeties. Um, not a lot, but a few teams use right. three. Put yeah, only use one linebacker. Um, uh, that that's typically a, a little bit low for Kevin. Yeah, I was going to ask: go is, back, that, is that a career low for him, or? No, as a rookie, he was 44th, and okay. then he kind of took off in the second year. He was 10th of 87. Then he was 4th of 93, 10th of 83. Then he had a bit of a down year in 2020, 40th of 94, 2021, 1st of 92. Wow. That was all, his second All-Pro season. 2022 is 8th of 88, so... He's been really consistent. His bad seasons are still well above average. So, like, I'm curious, right? There's there, we, you know, we tend to see guys who are in, um, he are we tend to see guys who aren't necessarily in the best environment to really cultivate or really uh, showcase their talent. Um, we know uh, the Tennessee Titans defense. I feel like it's declined throughout Kevin Byard's tenure there, not because of him, but. Um, for various other reasons, but I'm curious to know: Do you think there's an uh, an opportunity for uh, his, his play to uh, get better, especially behind this Philadelphia Eagles pass rush? I mean, like you said, this pass rush and this defensive line, you know, they're you know they're one of the best in the NFL, and they make these DBs look good or make them look at least serviceable, right? Uh, do you think yeah. there's an opportunity that um, you know Byard can benefit from the same from the same situation? Yeah. I mean, you know, Nicholas Marr is the fifth best linebacker in football right now, according to PFF. He ain't the fifth best linebacker in football. <laughs> hey, um, listen, we use that stat when we're arguing with our friends. Well, you know, we'll 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 still take that though. We'll uh, take that. And 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 by the way, Nick admits it. I talked two weeks ago to Nick about that, and he said, "Yeah, that's why I'm here. I wanted to play behind that defensive front, um, and it's working out for him." Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a complimentary game. It's it. And, you know, sometimes you, 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 you heard Jonathan Gannon say all the time, uh, rush, rush and cover, cover and rush. Sometimes the coverage has got to pick up the rush. Sometimes the rush has got to pick up the coverage and Philadelphia, the rush is picking up the coverage pretty consistently. 
Um, but that might change a little bit with Kevin because uh, Kevin's a really good player. Um, yeah, and that's one I'll, 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 it's going to take me a long time. Yeah, I, I understand why Tennessee did what they did. He wasn't going to be there. He wasn't going to be there next year. Um, get something for him. You don't think you're a contender, but I just don't like that mentality in, in the NFL. That to me is an NBA mentality. You don't have to have an NBA mentality in the NFL. Happens all the time. Worst to first happens every year in this league. As I said, the seventh seed right now in the NFC is Minnesota, and they're three and four. Now, it's we just happened to be looking at this this morning, Jody and I, because he was asking me about teams giving up, and I happened to look at it. I forget the AFC. I'm going to look at it real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, the seventh seed in the AFC right now is a little bit better. Uh, Buffalo was five and three after the win. So, but you can see with three losses, Houston's three and three that obviously they haven't played. Jets are three and three. Cincinnati's three and three. Uh, the Colts are three and four. The Raiders are three and four. And then you have the Titans at two and four. Um, it's hard to jump over all those teams, but to give up so early in the season with a guy who is not only a good player, as we've explained, but he's been their sort of team leader, their the team leader, yeah, sort of he, the Malcolm Jenkins of that locker room. You trade a guy like that, that that's the, that sends a clear message to your locker room, not the right message. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it from Tennessee's perspective, but – that's what how he does. He takes advantage of uh, of people. Okay. <laughs> uh, final question for you before we get out of here, John. Um, we appreciate you guys for liking on the content. Make sure you guys smash that like button. We appreciate you guys, man. You guys all, you guys tend to show John and I a lot of love, whether you agree or disagree with us. We appreciate you so much, man. Um, make sure you guys check John out on Birds 365, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time with his partner in crime, Jody McDonald. And also check out John on the pre- halftime and post-game show um the jacob sports post-game show at post-game show at that so john is always giving you guys some pretty some pretty illustrious content john uh final question um wow i forgot my final question geez you know okay i'll put it like this right that's back to me now aj brown we know him and kevin byard have a connection you know the tennessee connection uh, I think they asked A.J. Brown or you guys asked A.J. Brown about Kevin Byer being traded to the Eagles. And, you know, he basically said, he, he, he said, you're a winner now. You know, things have done differently around here, but enjoy it and get up to speed. Uh, you know, Kevin Byer, you know, he said, you know, if it, feel, it feels good to wake up six and one. You know, you know, what's, you know, what are your thoughts on just that dynamic? And, you know, again, you bring a guy like Kevin Byer to a winning situation. It, it all it can do is just reinvigorate this guy and just, you know, you know, tap him into a, another level of his game. You know, maybe we get, you know, that, you know, that all pro style of Kevin Byard, you know, for, you know, for the second half of the season. You know, what, what are your thoughts on AJ Brown's comments about uh, Kevin Byard joining, joining the team? Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, I, I was I, I, I took it as more of a man, that's a shame. And that's sort of why I hate the trade from a Tennessee perspective, because AJ knows how good that team was. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, they were uh, in the AFC Championship a few Kevin, years back. Yeah, Kevin Byard knows how good that team was. I mean, yeah, I mean, not only that, you know, since Mike Mike Vrabel's been there, um, you know, they made the playoffs three consecutive years before they kind of fell off last year without AJ. Um, and they didn't win the in 2020 and 21. 2019, as you mentioned, they made the championship game. Uh, 2020 and 2021, they lost their first game. Um, they lost in the wild card in 2020 to the Ravens. It was a one-score game, though. Um, and they lost in the divisional round in 2021 to Cincinnati, and that was that was a game they blew. They yeah, should have won. Yeah. Um, they were a really good team. And you got AJ, and I saw that exact quote, and I'm saying, "Wow! I mean, now are you? They were winning a lot. Uh, they were, that was an underrated decline from that organization. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like they declined, and nobody realized it until it was too late. Well, part of it is you give up players like AJ Brown and and and, and AJ. Was that the beginning of the end for them? Was that it? Well, it fired. We got the GM fired. So that kind of explains, but you know, AJ's a little bit different because Kevin's 30. AJ was 23 when they traded him. But well, he's 26 um, now, so he probably was. Is he that old? Yeah, yeah. AJ, let me make sure I got this right. AJ Brown is, uh, you know, he's, you know, because Jan was 24. Jan was 24. Yeah, so he's, yeah, you're right. So June, he turned 26. So yeah. Um, yeah, he's still a very young player. Um, and obviously, they didn't want to pay him, even though he's producing at a high level. With, with the limited opportunities at that, in a running style offense. Yeah, in a running style offense. And, and it just, you know. And, and John Robinson got fired. He was the GM. Um, and there was a lot of talk that Amy Adams Strunk, who's, you know, the, the principal owner, didn't want to, you know, put the hand string on him didn't want to pay aj uh what aj um needed and the eagles and nick sirianni mentioned it the other day thank you jeffrey Lurie, for giving us the hundred million dollars to get aj brown they didn't want to pay that so i mean that's where you are and if they maybe if they kept aj brown and they still need to fix the quarterback position long term but maybe they would still be a first place team you know yeah, it's a possibility. But the Philadelphia Eagles are now and have been for the past couple of years uh, a first-place team. Hopefully they can hold that down and get a win against the Washington Commanders. Um, John, I appreciate you as always for taking time out to do the show, man. I know you're a busy man. Um, I know you have your daily show. You rip and run around the Novacare Complex trying to make sure you keep your eyes and ears, you know, peered to each and everything, man. Um, I appreciate you, my guy. Um, Eagles fans, make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys continue to stay engaged in the content on Jacob Sports. Make sure you guys are subscribed as well. We appreciate all the love and support, and we appreciate uh, the hate that you guys may provide at certain times. And we appreciate you guys holding us accountable, man. Um, the, the hate. Hate. The hate. Yes, man. yes, John. Look, don't you get it sometimes? You know, like they, oh, some, I get it. Hold sometimes, it. sometimes they love. You I didn't know. And sometimes they hate to love you, man. It's all a part of the game here. I uh, yeah, I get it all the time. I didn't think you got it. <laughs> oh man, listen, you're too so, likable. You think so? I don't know. Yeah. 
you know, I don't know. Maybe, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it depends on the platform. I don't pander know? to fans. So they don't, <laughs> they don't like that sometimes. See, that's the thing. I pander sometimes and they still hate me, John. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just kidding you guys. I appreciate y'all. You guys are always showing me love for the most part, man. It's always the, the you know, the one or two knuckleheads few and far between, man. Um, I appreciate y'all. But again, you guys are liking all football 24-7 with our Eagles insider, the one and only, the best in the biz, John McMullen. And I'm your guy, Tony DeShield II. We appreciate you guys. Take care. More love. Stay humble. Stay healthy. And most importantly, stay hungry. And we'll see you next time. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.